Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our path to wealth through conversations with talented and successful women who are designing their version of a wealthy life. Teresa Leftenant is a certified financial planning professional, financial advisor, and senior vice president with Cornerstone Financial Strategies, a financial advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Teresa is author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. The Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated owns CFP and Certified Financial Planner Certification Marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. The views expressed here reflect the views of Teresa Leftenant and her guests and may change as market or other conditions change. Actual investments or investment decisions made by Ameriprise Financial and its affiliates will not necessarily reflect the views expressed on this program. This program will provide only general information, is not intended to provide investment advice, and does not account for individual investor circumstances. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific financial needs, objectives, goals, time horizon, and risk tolerance. Past performance does not guarantee future results, and no forecast should be considered a guarantee. Investment products, including mutual fund shares, are not insured, are not guaranteed by any financial institution, and involve investment risks, including fluctuation in value and loss of principal. Ameriprise Financial does not offer tax or legal advice. Consult your tax advisor or attorney. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor member FINRA and SIPC. And welcome to episode 45 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we support women to create their own version of a wealthy life. I've been a certified financial planner and a wealth advisor for over 30 years, and professional women and their partners hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence so they can build the financial resources they need to pursue their passions, explore who they are, express their inner talents, and and live their personal dreams. So join us every week to hear my expert guests and I explore how a woman can transform seven aspects of living a wealthy life, including finances, physical health and wellness, professional and career, mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, and relationships and contribution and legacy. And I share about the inner power qualities that women can develop and the latest thoughts on building wealth and financial fitness. So 2001 is moving pretty darn quickly, isn't it, ladies? We are almost through January. How are you doing making progress toward your wealth, wealthy life goals and intentions for 2021? Well, I'm sure it's not news to you that people in general, and particularly women, can experience stress, unreasonable thoughts and expectations, and even fear about money in a way that makes them feel kind of frightened and even feel trauma. Financial setbacks can sometimes halt the momentum that we have when we are taking action towards our goals. So money means different things to different people, but wanting safety and security is a common desire for women. While wanting and desiring status and power is more common for men. It's also common that money money is often considered a statement on our very worth as a human being. Now, I don't agree with that at all. And I call this collective cultural belief a, quote, belief virus. There are many unconscious beliefs embedded in our personal and cultural relationship with money. So it's not surprising that financial trauma is widespread and often unaddressed. 
Today, my guest and I are going to talk about hard times, yes, even traumatic times, and how we can overcome those times and move forward to better times and pursuing that wealthy life. So let's first, before I introduce my guest, I want to give you some broader perspective about what financial trauma really is. Well, in an April 2019 article on Forbes.com, Brianna West puts it this way, quote, having exorbitant debt, losing a job, entering the job market when the economy is collapsing, being unable to afford health insurance or not being able to make home payments is more than just unfortunate circumstances. For some, the long-term effects of this kind of financial stress is palpable and can result in symptoms characteristic of PTSD. So financial trauma can result in not only fearful thinking about money, but it can also lead to even further failures. The ability to concentrate can be difficult and nagging thoughts about financial doom can occur, including worry that it's only a matter of time before things get worse. So people who experience financial trauma also use cope, often use coping mechanisms such as avoidance and even substance abuse. Overall fear about life in general can increase and joy can decrease. Some people tend to isolate themselves, especially if the financial trauma is caused because someone else is controlling the financial decisions. Women can detach themselves when they fear that their relationships might suffer because of their financial situation. So financial trauma, it's a real thing. And if you haven't experienced it yourself, you probably know someone who has. Maybe a loved one whose expenses were higher than her income for a period of time. And then you watch that person have a string of events occurring, such as falling behind on payments for basics like housing, food, and health care. And that threatens that basic need for personal security and shelter. One month turns into three months, and the need to approach friends and relatives only increases, which can not only be embarrassing, but can help can lead to deeper feelings of shame and guilt. And then our fight or flight response can kick in. The psychological reaction that occurs when we're in the presence of something that is mentally or physically terrifying. Yep, it used to be that saber-toothed tiger that initiated that increased heart rate, rapid breathing, and the desire to flee. But in the modern world, money trauma can make take the tiger's place in our mind and in our reactions. So how can we recover from financial trauma once we experience it? Well, like any trauma, it can take some time to get over the pain of the experience and to begin to feel safe again. Of course, I'm not a psychologist, but I know from my coaching training that it can help to just keep moving forward, to focus on what is going right in your life rather than what isn't. And also seeking professional help or talking to a friend can help with those feelings of isolation. So as for financial remedies, I want to talk about just seven quick areas that you can do to help you focus on the source of the problem and start moving forward. So here are the ideas. So number one, if you happen to lose your job, 
then you apply for unemployment, reduce expenses, get in touch with your creditors and get it and make sure you get advice before you tap into your retirement funds. Number two, if you have high interest rate debt, seek advice for a debt reduction plan and be cautious about taking out a debt consolidation loan because they can have high interest rates too. When you have a well thought out and professionally advised debt reduction plan, you'll just feel so much better. And eventually your debt will be reduced and paid off. Now, depending on your circumstances, you may be able to negotiate a lower payoff amount with your creditors. Number three, if you can continue to put a small amount of money away for the future, even if it's just a few dollars a week. Think beyond just survival mode and continue to plan for those better times ahead. Number four, it's normal to continue to feel tense or anxious, even while you're recovering from financial trauma. So you can learn techniques on how to transform those negative anxious thoughts and feelings into more positive, supportive thoughts. Remember to breathe. You might even try meditation and talk things out with a trusted friend or family member, and just keep moving forward step by step. And speaking to talking to a trusted friend or family member, it always helps to reduce stress when you give your thoughts and your feelings some air. Most people go through financial hardships during their life, and it can be helpful to learn that you're not the only one. And number six, be sure to talk to a professional. I found that many of our fears and stressful thoughts are caused by misunderstandings or a lack of knowledge about the financial industry and what's available to you. You can't be expected to know everything about a particular financial topic. So reach out to an expert and learn the truth. And number seven, don't avoid. If you're in a difficult financial situation, you can't hide it. You'll be closer to turning it around if you talk about what's truly happening. Learn about your options and begin to take new action. Remember, ladies, that being financially healthy can be different for different people. There are so many different paths to arriving at your version of a wealthy life. And it's helpful to resist the tendency to think that you can't have what you want because you're comparing yourself to someone else and how things work for them. Pursuing a wealthy life is a journey and you're already on it. So take one step at a time and don't let a period of financial hardship stop your momentum. Thanks for listening. Now let's introduce our guest today. I'm so excited to introduce her. She says on her website, a flannel clad member of the setup crew for her dad's mobile home moving company, Lita Green was raised in what she calls two extremes, truck stops and Provo, Utah. She discovered the secret to lasting beauty and it worked despite all the scars from hard times and the truck stops. Now she works tirelessly to share that secret, both as the founder of Glamour Connection, a makeup and image consulting company that she started in 2001, and as one of the most influential women of Sengence International. Lita Green is a confidence expert, a speaker, best-selling author, and creator of Hotness. Lita Green speaks, entertains, and inspires her audiences to embrace what makes us individually hot and amazing. 
And you can learn a little bit more about Lita's speaking style through her first TEDx talk you can find on her website. Her programs range from maturation programs to for fifth grade girls, confident workshops for tween and teen girls, joyful workshops for women, seminars for parents on how to talk to their kids about sex, and as an energetic keynote speaker for conferences and seminars on resiliency and personal responsibility. So welcome to the show, Lita. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And I love the tips you gave. Such great tips. I was going through some of the stuff I want to talk with today. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> all very, yes, very true. Hit it right on the head, of course. Well, thank you. And you know, you and I met several years ago because we were both members of eWomen Network and we met at a national conference in Dallas. I remember that we just sort of started talking and immediately hit it off and we couldn't stop talking. So I've just <laughs> did you been... miss the class. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> so, you know, that we already knew that stuff. It was fine. <laughs> well, it's true. You know, it's because we had some common things and, you know, things in common. And we definitely shared a passion for inspiring women to really be on the journey to expanding and growing themselves. And so I'm so excited that you said yes to my invitation to be on the show today. So I'm let's really just honored. Thank you. Start with a little bit more history about your journey, um, about empowering and teaching women, and we're just going to have a great time today. So start us off. Well, um, I actually started when girls started sneaking to school in junior high to have their, you know, to put makeup on and their moms didn't want them (laughs) to. And I looked at that and I'm like, that's an art medium. And I was this kid that just kind of was born loving and appreciating color and design and would organize my whole entire room and everything by hues and my family, you know, being a trucking family had no idea what was wrong with me, but I was putting makeup on the girls. And then when those same girls were getting married years later, I was the one that they were like, I want you to lead to do my makeup. Cause I'd been doing them for the dances and all of that. So my first professional gig as a makeup artist was $50. And I was like, shut up. You can pay $50, which as a child, I was paid five bucks a day or food. And so we usually would choose the food, right? So to get $50 to just sit there and paint on the face, I was like, dang. So that was in 1992. And uh, yeah, so you can do the math. So I've been in the beauty industry for a long time. And initially it started with, you know, what we look like, mm-hmm. but you know, there, there's the different people that were a turning point, but there was this one client that, you know, was a beauty queen and I'd done her makeup and she was going, you know, she's going to be on the news. And so I was really wanting this gig because it would be a steady gig. And I had done my research and I knew what I was doing was an enhancement of her. And as soon as I put the mirror up, she was like, oh, and she just started ripping on her features. Uh. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's had all the validation in the world that she's beautiful, beauty queen, getting this job because she's beautiful. I mean, and I'm sitting there, a normal figured woman, not nearly the, the figure she has, and I liked me better. And so that's when I really started digging deeper and deeper into how, and I think there's a lot of interplays between money and your beauty. You know, the, the yes. honoring yourself, putting the savings is the same thing as talking nice about yourself. If you, you know, making that investment and all the time I'm working with women to realize it's not vain 
to to wear the shirt that makes you feel happier, to put on a little lipstick. These are these are not bad things. And it's all just how we invest and how we're perceived. So true. And of course, as we're growing up, we're looking around us to see what other people are doing. And of course, we have that incredible desire to fit in. And so we're trying to be something that we're not a lot of times. And especially if we like that girl's hair and our hair isn't like hers. And you know the whole story. So I want to continue to talk about how you have really empowered women to look at themselves and love themselves and accept themselves. And so we'll be right back after the break to a wealthy life for her. Michelle Kaplan, leadership coach, poet, and author, is pleased to announce the September 8th release of her new book, Burst and Flourish. With humility and vulnerability, Michelle again makes a trail by sharing her stories, insights, confessions, and musings of how life changes when you change, encouraging us to step forth on our own life path. Michelle's first book, and A Love Story Within was recognized as Amazon's number one hot new release for inspirational poetry. Pre-order Burst and Flourish now, available on Amazon. Professional women face unique challenges from financial and life circumstances that threaten their long-term financial security. Women earn less than men, live an average five years longer, take time out from their careers to raise children, and are less confident making financial choices. Are you ready to solve the challenges that are robbing you of financial independence? Visit ReinventingHerMoney.com and schedule a chat with a female financial planner who cares. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. All right. Welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftena and my wonderful guest, Lita Green, who is a best-selling author, and she's also a speaker on topics of how to empower women and young girls to love themselves and to accept themselves regardless of you know what they think is wrong with themselves. So Lita, before the break, you were talking to us a little bit about how you started your makeup career, and it was all about, you know, you were, wow, I get paid uh, a lot more money than I could doing something else. So part of your journey though, Lita, is that you had to overcome some difficult, even traumatic things in your life. And so I just want you to share with us a little bit about that journey. uh, Some of those things that happened to you and, and what impact it had not only on you personally, your family, but also your work. But I just want to say a couple of things before you get started with that, because when we talk about trauma in a public format like this, it's, it's important that people, People know that you and I are not therapists or psychologists, and we're just going to talk about our own experience. We definitely want to encourage anybody that's having uh, feelings or difficulties because of some experience they've had in their life to seek professional help. So that being said, uh, share with us some of the things that uh, you experienced in your life, Lita. 
And I love how you kind of let people know. So it's not as, you know, cheesy as a trigger warning, but we're going to talk about some deep things. Right. Um, my first public story that I shared was how grandma would tell me that I was ugly and that nobody would ever want to marry me except to raise their children. And that was kind of the backbone of what I first was publicly sharing was how I overcame the poopy talk of others. But you know, deeper when the love, um, when the Me Too movement came out, I was like, good, we're talking about this. This is great. And though I had gotten to a place in my life where I was okay with what had happened, which I had been molested from two and a half to 14, I also experienced different forms of abuse and neglect. But, you know, I had, I was okay. I was fine. And I mm -hmm. think the reason it's important we do talk about these things and why it's so great that you have a show that giving people a format is because trauma does make us feel so alone. Like you said yes. in your intro about, you know, you think you're the only one with this problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that even though, um, you know, because I had met so many women, I, that had helped me evolve to a place where I was okay with the past and, and could see it as something that had strengthened me. But having been molested for those fundamental years and then seeing the Me Too movement, I also started noticing a lot of anger. And mm. that concerned me because I know that's not a place of healing. Part of the cycle of grief, absolutely but not a place of healing or empowerment or advocacy as I like to talk about. And so I was at a place where the victimization had stopped and I was no longer what I describe as a survivor because the survivor I see is the remnant, ah. right? And if you look it up in the dictionary, it is the leftover and excuse me, no empowered woman is the leftover of somebody male or female's other's choices, right? We are our own individual who we choose to be and the past Everyone has hard things. If it's, you know, grandma saying you're not pretty and you have a bad personality, which is hilarious because I'm amazing, right? But I wasn't her definition of beautiful. Right. Right. So, and yeah. So I'm just curious though, um, you seem to understand some of this at an early place in your life. I mean, this seems like, are these the thoughts of somebody who's had years of working or did you really recognize some of this when you were a young girl? So 15, I had an experience that my first book talks a lot about, but the, the short of it is that I was at a breaking point mm. and I had a spiritual experience where literally I heard a voice and I know that to be a loving God that said, you need to practice a new way of thinking about yourself. Mm -hmm. So I was just taught about affirmations right? I need to practice a new way of thinking of myself and this idea that everyone in this room loves me. Hmm. And I started saying these affirmations. I call them vanity prayers because you do them at your vanity when you're getting your makeup on, because this becomes the outward manifestation as a symbol of the inner work that I did. If it, if the outward work is all that we do, then, you know, we could be driving the fancy cars and having the fancy house and really be bankrupt, right? Yes, it's the same yes. kind of thing that emotionally, Every day I'm feeding into me and my value. And if other people see beauty, well, that's great because that's just my inner hotness radiating out. So it's who and how we invest in ourselves individually. And so from 15 is kind of when I started that, but nothing happens overnight. Right. The, the gift was because my circumstances were, were on one hand, grandma's telling me I'm repulsive to men. On the other hand, this individual who chose to molest my body was telling me that I was so beautiful he couldn't help himself. Mm. And I think most of us have voices from opposing opinions, but maybe they're not quite so far apart and so dramatic. 
But the truth is sometimes often in the middle. And the truth is I'm neither so beautiful that men can't control themselves or so beautiful that are, you know, so repulsive that they're puking. I'm a normal individual person, but because that was such an extreme thing, I had to figure out the answers of that to become a functioning human being. Right, right. And so you you started doing these prayers at your vanity, the vanity prayers, which I just love that. Thank uh, you. you know, we, we use how the words we use is so important. Uh, the word vanity can be considered negative. Which is but- why I use it. It's a pun because a they're, pun. you're doing it at your vanity. Right. And I'm letting that conversation begin about, is it selfish to take care of yourself? Right? Is it selfish to honor who you are? And mm-hmm. I get to have these amazing conversations with women because the idea of having a power hour every morning um, goes out the window once you've given birth to something or just have a puppy. <laughs> you know? So, yes. you know, this, but we all have to brush our teeth and put deodorant on. And, you know, some days we even put it all together, right? Yeah, exactly. And so if we change the thinking from what you were talking about, that comparison of I want what she has to look what I have, look right. what is so beautiful in me and learning to appreciate your body with all its perceived mistakes. And I say mistakes because I think we're made exactly the way we're supposed to be. Right. Right. And, you know, if, if you want to just from the surface level of, you know, my husband is not attracted to my perfect sister. He actually thinks I'm the pretty sister. <laughs> She's pretty, but he likes me. So there's that right guy. But if I never had the right guy, you have to learn to love yourself to attract the right kinds of friendships and the right kind of marriage, right? It's, so it all starts with you. Exactly. I uh, I just have to say that I loved it when my husband said, don't lose any more weight because I want, you know, I like to feel your body and I don't want to feel your bones. And, you know, I come from a family that was all about you know, barely having your skin over your bones. That's, that's what was considered the, um, you know, the perfect thing. So it's so important to really decide what words mean for us. Like in this show, we talk about wealthy and wealthy means money, but it also means so much more in terms of the opportunity to feel so good about our inner talents, uh, how beautiful we are on the outside and so on. And my exercise of vanity prayers is simply making a little deposit into your confidence or self-esteem or beauty perception. And it's not going around being like, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Am I the most beautiful of all? It's, am I being the best me? Right. It's really, it's all selfish. It's all about you. It's Mm -hmm. all about taking care of you because you know, it's, it's an often used adage, but you know, who puts the oxygen mask on first? If you don't put it on you, you can't help anyone else. And you, we talk about that empty bucket. I have so much more love and a connection and ability because I give me everything I need in the morning. Everything I need. Okay, Lydia, you're prepared for this. You've got this perfect. And I go through all my day and what I'm going to do. And I get dressed according to that day. Yes. Right. But I'm mm-hmm. also getting my mental attitude and preparation. Mm-hmm. And that if I'm, you know, like, whoa, I'm starting my day low here. It's okay for me to call up a friend and say, I need, I need something here. And that's okay. That's self-awareness. 
Yes. Well, there's so much self that we could talk about. So selfish is a connotation that we don't think about somebody else. We're only thinking about ourselves and, and how, you know, the benefits we can have. Well, I like self-focused because when you focus on self, you could actually give more to other people. You can actually be more for the people that you love and care for in your life. I love it. And you know, if you're not saving, um, you know, I mean, people make fun of Utah for our food storage, ah. but when the pandemic hit, people were going on different Facebook pages saying, I'm out of this, I'm out of that. And I was like, I've got it. I've got it. And <laughs> I'm just having to beat my, you know, my church family to it because we had, I have three months of anything I need already in my home. I didn't need to go get toilet paper. I already had it. Right. And right. it was, and it's not for me to have, but if I have it, I'm able to share. I'm able to make that investment in others. And that's why I believe that, you know, that's something that Utah's really into because, you know, the, the frontier and all of that, right? So it goes into what you talk about. Mm-hmm. If you're not financially managing your life, you're not the person who can give to charity. You're not the person who can give your time because you are yes. trying to make every minute count for every dollar it can make. Well, that's the scarcity mentality is that there's not enough to go around. And so therefore I have to grab hold of as much as I can get and keep it for myself. But, you know, as you do, if you, as you travel the wealthy life journey, you find out that there's more than enough of everything for everybody. It's right. a, it's something that is in your mind. So I want to continue this conversation around healing uh, due to hard times, traumatic experiences, what else do you share with, you know, you're, you're a real champion. You stand up in front of audiences, you work with people individually, you write books, you, you find a way to tell your message in any way you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, in addition to you know, my second book is called Love Me Too, and it's talking about doing the work that you are required to do after someone else's choices. Because if we seek vengefulness or anger, well, we may not get restitution. In fact, you can't get restitution on the loss of innocence, Mm -hmm. the loss of feeling safe when you walk somewhere, right? So the whole entire book is how I found healing and an abundant, you know, physical life with my husband and be able to teach my children, you know, to live without being afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, because of the experience of being molested for, um, you know, 12 and a half years. And again, that was during the formative years of my life. And so I had to really challenge what is the programming that we have around sexuality and intimacy and blame and victims and all of that, because I had to re, you know, reinvent myself to use (laughs) your words, right? I had to, um, I think we try to build on a foundation of false premises, and because mine, I, I couldn't go say, okay, well, of course my relationship with men is going to be healthy because wait, no, no, it was tainted by those experiences by, but going in to really delve into what the foundation is, I was able to find what the truth is. And it does come back to, I am of worth, regardless of what has happened to me. You know, you take a $50 bill and you crunch it up. It still has the same value, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of these adages we've heard so many different ways, but we can hear it a million times, but until we start implementing it, like doing our vanity prayers, making that daily deposit into our self-esteem, we're never going to believe it. And I'm purposely using financial words because, you know. 
talking to talking to your audience, right? Um, purposely, you know, making that investment and creating, um, you know, making sure that we're not having a drain on our emotional finances of having toxic people. And I had to cut out people that I love to this day, but they were not healthy for me. Right. And what launched me into the public view was not that I was a makeup artist or those things, but my husband got hit by a bus one year. 11 months later, he had a massive heart attack, died in my arms. Um, I was, ha- was in a wheelchair a few months later, pregnant with our, my 10th pregnancy, my third child. I had a lot of miscarriages. And, you know, finances are weaving in between this story because it takes a lot of money to be hit by a bus. Yeah. And we had savings. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to focus on what was really, really important. And I cannot stress enough how it, you know, it wasn't as big a savings as we have now, mm-hmm. but that $24,000 made the difference between us and financial ruin. Mm-hmm. And then um, our youngest child passed away. And I don't, you know, have myself um, branded to, you know, buses hit you and babies die and, you know, you're going to, you could be molested. I mean, I'd be like a really Debbie Downer, right? You know, which I would like to propose. And instead of making fun of Debbie's and Karen's and Felicia, we should be um, labeling all of that Rona. Like, don't be a Rona and buy Rona, right? Don't you think that's better? I do like it. Yes. Yeah. Very good. I know lots of lovely Felicia's and Karen's, you know, Absolutely. So I don't, I don't feel like we should be making fun of them. But anyway, instead of branding myself with those things, I branded myself with the hotness because you think of the intensity of the heat that it takes to make fire is also what it takes to refine you, to, to boil out those false ideas and premises that that foundation that I might've you know, that if I'd gone on a certain path of life, right? I mean, the man that chose to molest me thinks I should have been his wife. And I know that there are women out there who end up marrying or committing to their abuser. Right. And at what point do you go, wait, whoa. And so I just, I thank God that my parents believed me and acted on that because it could have been a very different life course had they not had that belief in me. And these, you know, traumatic things that happened, you know, the buses and the heart, my husband dying briefly and coming back to life. I mean, we could talk the whole entire time, but they just reinforced all of the principles that I already knew that just to have made myself the person that was functioning. You know, what this uh, reminds me of is uh, when you listen to uh, maybe well-known celebrities who talk about the hard times and traumas that have happened in their lives, and almost every one of them always says, I'm so grateful it happened because I would not be the person that I am today. And it may sound like a cliche, but what I think they're really referring to is what you're saying, is that without these experiences, we we don't have the same opportunity to grow and learn and change and become who we are meant to become. Absolutely. And, you know, to go to that idea of refining, you know, to be the becoming is we run away from pain because it's unpleasant. Right. You know, just like it's unpleasant to, um, you know, say, no, I'm not going to go do that vacation or I'm going to make this extra investment. Right. We have to we have to have these boundaries about what we're going to do or not do. We run away from pain because we think it's going to hurt us. But -hmm. really, pain is a teacher. Pain is a teacher. I love the the yin and yang of Chinese philosophy. You know, you've got the white and the, the dark. 
right? The pain and the yin, that's the opposites and they coexist together. And when we're always chasing this, if, when time, everything's perfect, we're really running away from the lesson in the moment. Yes. And the, and the chance to really uh, enrich ourselves in it and therefore our life uh, to have more meaning if we're running away from pain. Uh, before we take another break, I do want to ask you a specific question. So yes. what would you say to a woman who's listening um, that is resisting uh, healing, that is in anger, that, uh, you know, just is feeling more like a victim? What would you say about how she can begin to uh, transition away from seeing herself that way and healing that traumatic event. Thank you for asking that. First of all, when I meet women like this, I want to take them by the hand. So to the woman who's listening, let me take you by the hands and look you in the eyes and say, you are enough now and you are worth it now. You're enough. And, and isn't that something that is, takes a stopping in time. Okay. Let's stop in time and let's let everything fall away and just focus on that worthiness. Yes. Because when you can start building on your own self-worth, self-esteem. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's become almost a, an, a meaningless word because it's used so much, but really it is valuing, respecting, loving yourself. And that comes with time is what you're saying. Yeah, and it's not, I think people think it's a switch, that in one moment, you flip the switch, and I now feel worthy, or now I feel confident, where the truth is, everything is your daily investment. Right. Everything is your habits. Everything comes down to building the life you want now. If you want to start being happy, do the things that bring true happiness, not a jolt of addicted happiness, Right. but that's character, integrity fulfilling your commitments, doing, saying what you will say, right? All of these things is all of your habits. And the trauma, the ongoing trauma is that we gain habits from those things. We gain systems of how we think that I'm not any better than this. I don't deserve more. And so we self-sabotage. And so if you understand that fundamental truth that simply because you are breathing you are enough simply because you are. You deserve to start working on who you are in this moment. And then you do that today and then do the same tomorrow. And as you master that, you know, like just saying, I'm not dumb, just mastering, changing that to a different philosophy, then you can start adding more. My first affirmation was everyone in this room loves me. Mm. And the irony was looking back, it wasn't even true in a room by myself because mm -hmm. I didn't know what self-love was yet, mm -hmm. but it didn't take away the impact of practicing that prayer or that affirmation. It didn't, just because I didn't see it didn't mean it wasn't true, but that's as right. I, yeah. But, but as I started acting on that, it literally changed that day going forward mm -hmm. because I went into a room differently. Mm -hmm. Right. And the beauty, the beauty of youth is that we are sponges. The terrible thing about youth is we are sponges, right? 
And so, you know, it's a joy for me as a mother that my kids will be in therapy because I talk so much, but not because of any kind of abuse, right? But, you know, to give them better than I had, that's a gift. But to recognize with forgiveness that those who hurt me didn't do it intentionally, except for a couple, right? Right. But was it because there's, you can, I mean, we could delve deep into how victims become abusers. Right. But at some point we have to say enough is enough and I'm enough and I'm worthy of the work on me. And that's why my book is called love me too, is because I deserve the love. I, and I love what you're saying. And unfortunately we have to take a really quick break here. And so when we come back, I'm going to be asking Lita to tell us about how we can embrace our own inner hotness. So come right on back to a wealthy life for her. Tracy Cromwell, integrative nutrition coach, has been there and knows how to get you there too. Everything she teaches, she knows through firsthand experience, as well as through her education with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, Precision Nutrition, and the National Academy of Sports Medicine. You deserve a life free from dieting chaos and healthy relationship with food. Visit tracycromwell.com to schedule a complimentary health discovery session. Reinventing Her Money was born in 2003 with the vision of expanding services beyond traditional wealth management to include financial literacy, money mindset, and empowerment coaching for professional women who have unique challenges to becoming financially independent. Start your journey towards pursuing a financial life on your own terms at reinventinghermoney.com. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to A Wealthy Life for Her with my guest, Lita Green, who's the founder of Hotness. And we are just about to learn everything we need to learn or want to learn about what that is. So uh, Lita, tell us, when did you have the vision of hotness and what did you really want it to become? Well, um, I was doing the principles like everything. You just kind of add things together and I've shared some of those. But at one point after my daughter died, I was given the impression that I was to speak and that was not something I had sought out or desired to. And literally I was sitting in church one day and this whole thing about hotness came to me and I had to go and Google to see if it matched up to the science. Basically what it is, is that, you know, a wildfire burns out of control, right? So we can think of that individual that we love that has no self-control. We can think of, you know, that celebrity that we perceive as out of control, right? Uh, Out of control spending, right? Our emotional or sexual currency being spent too rapidly um, burns out of control and it gets a lot of attention. But you know, hotter per molecule is a campfire because it's in control. And so I teach about what I, like being a campfire And I'm sure each of the women listening can think of women and, you know, men that have been campfires for them that are places of safety Mm -hmm. that we gather around. And of course, 
chocolate and s'mores happens near a campfire, which is very important to women. Chocolate is essential to our healing. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, you know, there actually is an endorphin hit with chocolate. Right. Right. And right. women do need women. So anyway, back to the serious point that, you know, we have those campfires that we can gather around and isn't the goal that we become so secure within ourselves that we don't need flashy attention. Mm -hmm. And that how do we become, you know, in control of ourselves? How do we become those radiant campfires that attract people to us is by those rocks of hotness or those, it's the fact that we can't burn where we're not supposed to. Mm -hmm. We know when to stop. We know when to make an invitation, but we can't force it. Right? So we're in control of us and we invite but those different rocks, that first thing we've got to put down, that first rock is that we're worthy of it. Right. And then, you know, boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have, I mean, you could go in any direction you wanted, but what are your rocks? And that's like the invitation that I'm talking to women. What do they need? You know, for mm -hmm. one woman, she may be awesome at saying no. Another woman may need, you know, a little tip, like I have to have three reasons to say yes. Right. You know, different, different things of, Right. And creating a life and how you think about things. And I, you know, I joke about having a thinking cap, like a colander that you, you know, drill, you know, I mean, that you uh, let spaghetti drain the noodles. Right. It's a hard head. And so when a thought comes at you, ping, and you ask that thought, hello, thought, are you here to make me be awesome? Are you here to enlighten me and help me to embrace my life's purpose? Right. And it's like, and if it doesn't have anything positive to say, if it's like, you know, dismiss that thought, that right. thought does not have value, but we have to get out of our instinct, fight or flight. Like you talked about with the saber who's tiger. We have to get out of that and to intellectually, the only gift, the only mammal, the only animal that lives on this planet that has the ability to analyze to not go out of instinct is the human animal. And then people say, well, I, I, it's just the way I am. You just have to accept it. Really? <laughs> and, and unfortunately it's like, okay, is it working for you? And, and, and really a sincere question is, is how you are being because hotness is not about being fake. Hotness is about being real and, and seeking your real inner self to come more to the surface through every, uh, through, uh, through taking new steps and thinking deeply. And like you're saying, listening to your thoughts and inquiring, is this really work, what I want to be or what I want to think? Yeah. And we can, in any moment we have the ability to pull back our flame and go, Whoa, I'm sorry. I just made that sticky. That's not what I want to do. Let me think about this and I'll get back with you. Mm -hmm. We don't have to have all of the answers in this moment. But at the end of the day, if we can ask ourselves three questions, have I honored myself? Have I honored those I depend upon and that depend upon me, right? Am I honoring my community and have I honored my God? And, you know, I realize not everybody may be into God, but whatever it is you define as the greater thing beyond just who you know, right? The responsibility that we have to humankind, right? But if we can answer that, it does not matter if we've been hit by a bus that day. Beautiful. It does not matter what unplanned things happened if we have integrity and character within ourselves.
Can you just say those three one more time, just so people can yes. write them down? Have I honored myself? Have I honored myself? So that's, have I been kind? Have I been, you know, analyzing and thinking and methodically going through what I need to be today? Have I taken care of myself? Have right. I, have I set my boundaries? Yeah, absolutely. Have I honored those who depend upon me? Yes. That can be your children, your coworker, your spouse, Mm -hmm. your, you know, your community that you interact with today, you and I depended upon each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And then have I honored my God? And, you know, you can rephrase that if you need to, to have I honored what I believe. Right. Right. I mean, if I'm an environmentalist and I'm throwing away my, you know, throwing trash out my window, well, that's not really honoring what I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, am I in integrity? I choose my, I tell my children, do not choose your friends because they're like you choose their, your friends because they are people of integrity. Mm-hmm. And as a result, my friends and myself, some of our dearest friends, if you were to line us up, you would not think we were friends because they're from all different walks of life and orientation and religions and everything, because they're people who are thinking, right? There are people who will hold my kids to their integrity because they value their integrity. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. you find them everywhere, but you may not find, you know, I like to say that sitting in a garage doesn't make you a car any more than sitting in a church makes you a Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't matter what labels we choose to put on ourselves. It's how we live up to those labels. That's so y- you've been talking about some of your personal philosophies, which I'm just nodding my head like crazy because I really relate to them. I um, I feel like they're similar to my values, but um, give us one or two more of your personal philosophies that really ground you every day in your intention to like have a great life, have a wealthy life. Yeah. Okay. So expectations. We've often heard how, you know, disappointment comes from failed expectations. And so I have a module that I've created, but just imagine a bullseye, right? Mm -hmm. And in the middle is you. That's, that's the thing right there. And if you don't believe in God, then don't put him in there. But the point is nobody gets to be in there with you, except what you would define as a kind and loving God. Mm -hmm. So that means if you're an abusive situation, abusers, when I was young, I thought through the prism of what the man that chose to molest me, how he would feel about different things, right? So mm-hmm. he was molding my thought process, those pathways in my brain. That's a sign of abuse. If you're like, oh, I can't do that because, right? So then you, you evaluate the people as you move out from the bullseye, if they can consistently do love, trust, and accountability of how closely they get to be close to you. Mm-hmm. And so that you're not putting someone who is an addict in your closest sphere of intimacy Because they may say they love you, they may intend to love you, but they've chosen the addiction. Mm -hmm. And so you can love them, but they might be a little bit further sphered out, right? And so getting an expectation of what you can expect from yourself to what you can expect from others, and that takes mapping it out to kind of thinking like, who are these people? And then forgiveness, Whatever, releasing to the wild if you want to. But as long as we are expecting people to act the way we expect them to act, expectation, we are going to be angry. So if we just learn to say, that's them, okay, and let them be, 
we are then free to be a lot happier. And this applies to someone who's mean to you, to someone who has beaten you. Right. Right. Because that's what they chose to do. And I don't have to spend all this time trying to figure out why I do get to spend time figuring out how to clean up the mess in myself. They may have created the mess. That's their responsibility, but I get to choose how to clean it up. I am so grateful that I had you on the show. And of course, the time just flew by. (sighs) The next time I invite you, I want to talk about the, I have this thing about viruses, belief viruses that are inflicting the whole culture. And one of them is the I must be liked virus. Mm. So Promise me that you'll come back and we'll be honored to come back at least start with that one, because I, I really love talking to you. So thank you again for being on the show, Lita. Well, thank you for having me and, and the, the wealth of information and goodness that you pour into your listeners, because I know, cause I've gotten you one-on-one. So I hope that your listeners will take the opportunity to get that same joy that I've had with you. And in the show notes are is Lita's uh, website where you can get her books. You can book her to be a speaker at your next conference. And uh, I know you can tell that she's a really fun uh, and incredibly wise person to have on your team. All right, everyone. So thank you. And next week, our guests will be Joan Salek and Stephanie Sims of the Woo Woo and the Coach. So they teach fun and inspiring ways to pursue a wealthy life by understanding how to use energy to bring what you really want into your reality. And thank you for listening and being part of A Wealthy Life for Her. I couldn't be more grateful to be able to interview incredible women like our guests today. So don't miss out on any of our interviews. You can listen weekly on 1150kknw.com. You can listen live right there on the website and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to Alexis Lieutenant Gregory, who's the composer of our theme music, Eric, my producer, my team at Cornerstone Financial Strategies, and everyone at KKNW 1150 AM. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube under Teresa, T-R-E-S-A, Lieutenant, and learn more about working with me at www.ameriprizeadvisors.com forward slash Teresa.Lieutenant. Finally, ladies, remember, you deserve a wealthy life and to attain the financial independence, which is your birthright. When you align your values and your goals and you get your financial house in order, you can build and gain financial confidence. So I'll see you next week on A Wealthy Life for Her. Teresa Leftenant is financial advisor and senior vice president with Cornerstone Financial Strategies, a financial advisory practice with Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. She is a certified financial planner professional and wealth advisor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at ameripriseadvisors.com slash Teresa.Leftenant. Ameriprizeadvisors.com forward slash Teresa dot Lieutenant. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. 